0: Our New Testament reading this morning is from the book of 2nd Corinthians. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors of Christ. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God.
1: Akame, you are very good.
0: Sylvia, you are very good.
1: I'm glad we get to be worship leaders here together.
2: In today's first scripture, we have God who looks at everything they have created so far and decides it's good, but not enough. God is looking for a creature that reflects the very image of the divine. Then God creates humans and declares them to be not just okay, not just good, but very good. Our second scripture reading from 2 Corinthians announces that in Christ, we are a new creation.
0: The PMC, Mennonite <laughs> the PMC Mennonite Pride Committee asks three very good people, Tom Howard, Joe Bowers, and Ari Leatherman, to reflect on these scriptures. In light of their personal experience, we give them some prompts and then free them to share from their hearts. As you listen, you might also think, What does it feel like to think of myself as very good? How do I reflect the image of divine? What is my dream of new creation? Thank you, Tom, Joe, and Ari. Um, We are honored to have you here to share your reflections. All three of you are very good. Good morning, everyone. It is indeed very good to be here, especially for me. After two years of being away, it is absolutely wonderful and wonderfully good to see you all. God love you, and God does love you. So, my journey of faith has been intimately entwined uh, with my sexuality and who I am. Um, it's it's kind of funny. As a child, I grew up um, in a strong Catholic family. My mother was Catholic. My father was not. But um, she called the shots as far as that went, or rather her and her family did. And so... Um, I was sent to the usual parochial school and I basically grew up believing that all women were Virgin Marys, uh, being surrounded by nuns and and, uh, Catholic doctrine and that um, I should repress my feelings. Repression was a very big uh, part of one's upbringing at that time and I'm sure that was not just so of Catholics. I'm sure Mennonites at that time and and period did a lot of that repression of of feelings and so on and so forth. So I grew up um, wanting to enter the religious life, wanting to become a missionary and become a missionary to the Far East in particular. And the funny thing about my life is, that ultimately came true. Instead of me going east to convert the heathen and the pagans, I went east and got converted by the heathens and the pagans. And so I spent, um, ultimately, I mean, I'm going to try and breeze through this. I spent 12 years as a student of a Zen teacher. Um, I received ordination in 99. Um, In that long journey, some 40 years ago, um, I met my husband, Mark, and we have been together for 40 years, which is pretty, pretty amazing. And um, we were married in 2002 by my Zen teacher in a beautiful Buddhist ceremony in the temple. Uh, At that time, um, briefly in Oregon, Um, same-sex marriage was legal. Uh, Shortly after our marriage, the state annulled our marriage. Uh, And as my teacher said, in the eyes of our community, in the eyes of the church, you are married no matter what the state says. And um, so we never ever thought we weren't married. And... um, ultimately we had um, a judge, when it did become legal here, um, to um, uh, give the imprimatur on it. So um, with that said, um, there's something really, really wonderful about being married, whether you're heterosexual or whether you're gay. I've come to realize that the highest calling is not the monastic life. Uh, at least for me, that's true. The highest calling for many of us is the calling of marriage and, and coupling together, whether you're two men or two women or a man and woman. It doesn't matter. It's a very high calling. It's, it's equally as high or higher than the calling of the religious state. So, with that said, God has blessed me and sometimes, especially now, it's very, very hard to see the good around us. Um, I am still haunted by visions of those little children in, down in Texas and what happened to them. And I think of my own childhood and my own fears and insecurities, and it was absolutely a delight to see these little children today on the quilt getting their lesson. So um, my one, I guess, regret would be uh, even though I have an extremely happy and loving marriage, it really would be kind of nice to have kids sometimes. Sometimes, So anyhow, God has really blessed me in many, many ways. It hasn't been easy, and there have been times when God has asked me to follow him on his road to Golgotha. Those moments have been moments of great change for me um, and uh, have, have been ultimately, in hindsight, I look back, They are what have molded me and shaped my character. So I believe in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, I like to believe and have the hope that indeed we will have a new creation and a new world. And we're at a time right now, uh, at this very moment, when we're right on the edge of making that happen and we're the ones that will do it we're the ones that have to do it God has ordained it that we should be the ones to carry his love and his openness into this world to make a place where the fire of love that he placed in our hearts will burn bright and be a place that will be a beacon for all those who have been left out where they can come and warm themselves. God love you and God bless you all. Thank you very much.
2: Morning everyone. <clears throat> From the time I first set eyes on her, I knew Carrie I knew Carrie was very good. My newborn daughter amazed me, her intricate hands and her intelligent eyes. I wanted Carrie to know she was loved by her dad. I wanted her to know that this world was delightful and beautiful. Thus I found myself outside one sunny spring day with two month old Carrie in my arms. Standing in dappled sunlight, shining through emerald leaves, I told her about trees. I brushed her tiny nose against the petals of of a blooming rose. Then I guided her miniature hands across the smooth hair of a young calf we were raising. I wanted Carrie to see, to feel, to smell, the beauty of creation, to know that it was good. As Carrie grew, she became amazingly creative in dealing with life's challenges. One Christmas, when I was a struggling graduate student, we informed the kids we could not afford a Christmas tree. But that didn't stop Carrie. The next morning when I went to class and while Lavon was sleeping off her night shift in the back bedroom, Carrie and her brother Seth opened the front door. She'd remembered where there was a strong wind where a strong windstorm had blown a tumbleweed into our trailer court. This is Nebraska, after all. The kids soon positioned the stiff dried plant in the corner of our tiny living room. By the time Lavon woke up, our, tumble- Our tumbleweed Christmas tree had been fully decorated with hand-cut, uh, had been fully decorated with hand-cut and crayon-colored decorations. Carrie also proved to have a deep well of compassion for others. By the time she was in middle school, she'd experienced the hate-filled bullying of kids who were seen as different. She had a strong sense of social justice. That's how I ended up with eighth grader Carrie in downtown Portland at a rally to defeat Measure 13, a ballot measure that would have led to official government discrimination against LGBTQ plus people. As a teacher, I had a strong sense that it was important to protect people that were seen as different. However, this contradicted what I'd been taught about LGBTQ plus people as a child at church. For many years, I held traditional religious views about gay people while still believing it was wrong to pass laws to discriminate against them. I knew my views were contradictory, but I just didn't bother to think deeply about it. <clears throat> then something forced me to confront the issue in 1997. In, in 1997, Kerry came out to me. Now what would I do? If I held fast to what I'd been taught, then I would condemn my daughter's attraction to women as evil. Over the course of the next year, I came to realize that my religious beliefs did not reflect either the teachings of Jesus or the core teachings of the church. Early Christians had accepted women slaves, and even Gentiles as equals in Christ. To me, this argued for an equally radical acceptance of LGBTQ plus people. I came to see, eventually, that the church has often misunderstood scriptural teachings and has mistakenly substitute, substituted cultural biases for biblical truth but in the end it was love that changed my In the end it was love that changed my heart Following a God who is love means that in times of uncertainty I must always choose love I found that I could not turn against the daughter I had taught about trees roses and baby calves I could not tell my beautiful, compassionate, creative daughter that I reject who she is at her very core. So today, when I look at Carrie, my eyes still see her the way they always have, as as very good. God bless you all.
1: Hello. <laughs> for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Ari. Um, my pronouns are he, him, and his, and I am transgender. Um, my parents, Vange and Jerry, moved here about 25 years ago, and almost 24 years ago, I was born and dedicated in this church. So, for pretty much my whole life, I didn't know how to imagine myself as an adult. I looked into the future and just couldn't see myself in it. And now I know the reason for that. It wasn't because I didn't deserve a future or that I wasn't capable of creating one. It was that I was looking for somebody who didn't exist. For me growing up has been and continues to be equal parts discovery and creation. When I realized that I'm a man, it revealed the foundation of who I am becoming and now I get to discover all of the little things about myself that I wasn't able to see before and follow them away into my idea of myself. This could just be a combination of me not having a solid sense of who I was during a lot of my formative years and me just naturally being a very introspective person, but I've learned to be very intentional in identifying and remembering experiences and feelings that tell me who I am. When I help someone and I feel happy, I know that's who I am. When I create something and I feel fulfilled, that tells me who I am. When things feel right, I make a mental note of it and every time that I feel feelings of joy, accomplishment and contentment, I know who I am. It's the same with my experience of gender. People talk a lot about gender dysphoria, which is the feeling of misalignment and subsequent distress that comes from your outer experiences not matching your inner self. This includes but is not limited to discomfort with gendered clothing, incorrect pronouns or names. and discomfort with one's body. But there's another side to that experience which is gender euphoria. If dysphoria is when something feels wrong, euphoria is when when it feels right. I don't know who I am because of dysphoria. That only tells me who I'm not. It's the moments where I finally feel my outer experience come into harmony with my inner experience that I know this is who I am. It's a beautiful thing to be able to feel that way. I'm sure it's great if you're someone who has always known who you're supposed to be, but you'll never have that experience of things finally sliding into place, the utter relief and joy of finally being who you were created to be. So what does it mean to think of myself as being very good? Honestly, it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable to think of myself that way. I'm kind of a self-conscious person and I really don't think of myself as being particularly special. Honestly, I don't even really want to be special. I just want to do my own thing in my own little quiet corner of the world. I guess I'm still learning how to see myself and who I am as being good. Not, not good like I think that I'm better than others, but good as an act of defiance towards all the people who say that people like me shouldn't exist, that we're wrong for being different. And so in defiance of that, I say, it's good that I exist. It is good that I am different from who I thought I was and it is good that I am becoming who I was always meant to be. It is good that I chose and continue to choose love and joy over hate and death. It's incredibly important that we fight against hatred in all of its forms. So let's do that by learning to love fiercely and joyfully because we are all created good.